0: Welcome and let's first talk compliance. I'm Katherine Short, Manager of Virtual Education at First Healthcare Compliance. Thanks for tuning in. This show is brought to you by First Healthcare Compliance as part of our commitment to provide high quality, complementary educational resources. We help create confidence among compliance professionals throughout the United States. Please show your support by taking a moment to provide a review on Google. Facebook, or iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. On today's episode, we are speaking with Trey Scott, Coordinating Attorney at Kennedy Attorneys and Counselors at Law, on the topic of Have a Breach, Reporting Requirements with the OCR. We will discuss the reporting requirements for a data breach of a healthcare provider, learn about the definition of a breach, understand the different timelines for reporting breaches, as well as how to complete a breach reporting form from the Office of Civil Rights. Before we begin, I would like to mention at First Healthcare Compliance, we strive to serve as a trusted resource for compliance professionals, and every month, we celebrate their hard work and dedication with our compliance super ninja recognition. For this episode, we are spotlighting super ninja Gail Little Osberg, practice manager at Attachment and Trauma Center of Nebraska. Gail says what she enjoys most about working there is the variety of taking care of a practice, working with a great team of therapists. And, of course, staying up to date on HIPAA and compliance. Congratulations, Gail. Our team is honored to have the privilege of working with you. So thank you, Trey, for joining me on First Talk Compliance. It's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to talk compliance to your listeners.
0: Great. Do you think you could give us a a little bit of an overview of what we're going to be Um, talking about and discussing on today's program.
1: So what we're talking about here is uh, we're talking about uh, reporting to the OCR, Office of Civil Rights, whenever there is a breach. So uh, whenever you have a breach, uh, regulations require you to do certain things. If a breach involves more than 500 individuals, you need to report that to the office of civil rights within 60 days of date of discovery of the breach you also have certain things you need to do as far as notification of individuals notification to the media but that's that's not really what i want to talk about here if you have a breach that is less than 500 individuals 500 or less it ends up being 60 days uh, from the beginning of the new year so if you have a breach that occurs in september you have until 60 days from the beginning of the new year to uh, report to the secretary now you're probably wondering Well, this notification, I need to notify the secretary. How do I go about doing that? Well, the secretary has made it to where it's really easy to report. What you do is you go to the HHS Office of Civil Rights, and they have a really, really nice web portal that allows you to report a breach. It asks you a bunch of questions. Uh, that's your answer as you go through. A lot of them are, are you a covered entity reporting a breach on behalf of yourself? Are you a business uh, associate that has experienced a breach and you're uh, reporting on behalf of a covered entity? Or are you a covered entity reporting on behalf of a business associate who has had a breach So, you select those, then you go through, you uh, enter contact information for whatever of the three options you selected. And then it will ask you, it'll start asking you about the uh, breach. It'll ask you uh, what safeguards you had in place, what information was breached when the breach occurred, what the discovery date was, and the discovery date, and this is important, the discovery date is when you found out about the breach. Because there are instances where a breach might occur due to a hack early in the year, and you just don't discover it for whatever reason until the middle of the year. Well, the date you discovered the breach, that's the discovery date obviously and it's when you have when you knew or should have known about about the breach then the portal questions will ask about the the details of the breach what happened whether it was a inappropriate dis- disposal of medical records for example whether it was the loss of a laptop whether it was a hack and then uh, it will ask more details about it, and you'll be able to provide, provide that underneath. And then it will ask what you've done following the breach. What, have you notified the individuals? Did you have to notify the media? What other additional training have you done? Uh, things, things of that nature. It will go through, and it will ask uh, all of those questions. Then finally, the breach uh, portal will ask for an attestation to essentially say that everything you've reported here is accurate to the best of your knowledge. You're not lying about anything. You're not lying about the breach date. You're not lying about notifying individuals. You're not lying about when, when the discovery date occurred to give yourself more time. And then based on information provided, if it's larger than 500 individuals, then the secretary will take that information and post it to their website with a list of offenders who have had large breaches. If you go there, you'll see breaches in the million uh, because, for example, a Florida health plan got hacked and they, I think it was either 3.5 million or 35 million. Uh, individuals were affected. So if it's over 500, you end up on that list, unfortunately. That's really the process of reporting to the secretary in a nutshell.
0: Okay. So we had talked about civil monetary penalties existing. What about criminal penalties? I know you had talked about willful neglect, or you mentioned it, so I assume that would go under criminal penalties. Could you explain that maybe a little bit more?
1: Yes, I can. So, whenever the Office of Civil Rights, whenever they receive all of these breach notifications, if they rise to a level, uh, then the Office of Civil Rights will actually conduct their own investigation and through the process of their own investigation, if they do, in fact, determine uh, willful neglect or neglect that has not been uh, corrected, there is the possibility that they can refer these breaches to the Department of Justice and they can, in fact, pursue criminal actions against against the uh, health care provider. So, yes, it is very possible that a breach could result in uh, criminal penalties if the investigation by OCR shows that.
0: Okay. All right. How about an addendum? How long do you have to file an addendum if that's what you choose?
1: I don't believe there is actually a deadline for when an addendum Uh, runs out, uh, what you really need to do is ultimately determine if it's still part of the same breach that you have already reported, or if it is, in fact, a new breach. So, that's really the key with, with an addendum. Most of the time, an addendum is used for things like including Additional training that you your team may have undergone, adding more patients to the total number. If it gets it from the below 500 to over 500 mark, that would be what an addendum is used for. Or if you, in fact, discover if it was a hack and initially and you reported that, but you also end up discovering that somehow your email was also hacked as part of that. That that's really what an addendum is for. So there really isn't a time frame for how long you have to add to an addendum, but you just need to make sure it is still part of the same initial breach and isn't a new breach.
0: Could you expand on that a little bit? At what point is it would you consider it a new breach and
1: not an addendum? Like where's that Where's that line? The line to me is if it involves the same incident, if it is a situation where, for example, going back to the email and the hack, if your, if your team can determine that that was all part of one incident, then you can add it to an addendum. But if you have a situation where, for example, a hack occurred on March 3rd, and you didn't discover it until April 3rd, but then during your investigation uh, related to the March 3rd hack, you find out there was another hack in between, that would be a separate incident. That wouldn't be part of the same breach, even though you may have discovered it around about the same time as the first breach. That would be completely separate, and you would need to You would need to do a new breach notification and not just an addendum.
0: Okay, very good. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to First Talk Compliance, brought to you by First Healthcare Compliance. As part of our commitment to provide high-quality, complementary educational resources, we help create confidence among compliance professionals throughout the United States. My guest today is Trey Scott, Coordinating Attorney at Kennedy Attorneys and Counselors at Law on the topic of Have a Breach, Reporting Requirements with the OCR. Please show your support by taking a few minutes to provide a review of First Healthcare Compliance on Google or Facebook. You can also follow us and subscribe on all forms of social media. How about recommendations to avoiding a breach? What do you recommend?
1: Most breaches occur due to poorly trained employees and employee carelessness. So my recommendation to avoid a breach is to make sure that your employees are trained on record security, are trained on not clicking email links that they receive, are trained on making sure to not save passwords in EHRs, not save passwords for laptops, make sure you have procedures in place to routinely change access codes for EMRs and uh, building codes. Uh, Doing that and making sure it limits the risk of the employee inadvertently disclosing or inadvertently allowing uh, unauthorized uh, access so that's that's my main recommendation is make sure your employees are as trained as possible because i know hacks sound scary and everything and they they're the ones that get the news whether it's for example hacking a large health plan or whether it's hacking even a uh, target has been hacked in the past what those end up getting news because of how many people are affected but the reality is hacking is more rare uh, whenever it comes to uh, the breaches than you would necessarily think. A lot of the breaches that we have dealt with involve carelessness, inadvertent disclosures by employees. So make sure em- your employees are trained, make sure you have a good compliance program in place, and that should limit a lot of the risk.
0: Right. And even with training, yeah, you have to have it as second nature. You get these phishing either phone calls or emails sometimes, and they'll get you first thing in the morning.
1: Right, right. An example we had is a client received a document from an email address that they thought was a patient of theirs. And the patient, if you look at the actual email address, it was nowhere near. Anything close to what the patient's email address was, but if you looked uh, at the email display name, it was it was the patient name, and the provider clicked on the document, and by doing that, they allowed a virus and oh, uh, to get into get into their system. So that ended up being a breach that was uh, completely avoidable by just Taking a few seconds to realize to check the actual email address against what what they have on file, so it does take a additional step, but making sure your staff is trained to do things like that, or making sure yourself you're trained to take those additional steps can uh, prevent a uh can prevent a breach
0: right. Yeah, it's funny, the other day I had a phone call and I often screen my calls. You know, you get so many commercial calls, et cetera. But it, it said the name of a famous bank calling me. And even though I didn't have a, a credit card with them, I thought, huh, I wonder why they're calling me. So I answered the phone. And what was funny was so this was the first odd thing. They said, We're calling from your, you know, from your cell phone company from the fraud department. And I thought well, that's odd. I wonder why it says the name of this, you know, famous bank on the, you know, the name coming in from the call. They said, well, we're calling from, you know, such and such phone from your phone company. We're going to have to shut your phone down, et cetera, uh, because there's been some kind of breach or whatever. And I was thinking, huh, well, that's weird because I I go into my, you know, my account fairly often. and I can see what's going on. And in fact, I can go into my account right now and look. And I said, well, why does it say bank of such and such on the phone call? And they said, well, we're calling from the fraud department. And I said, well, really? I said, why doesn't it say such and such phone company? And I I kept asking them that. And then they hung up the phone. So obviously, you know, this was some kind of fraud kind of phishing type of thing. I'm sure they wanted me to give them account information, all this kind of stuff. (laughs)
1: Right.
0: You know, (laughs) But it was really bewildering because the when the when the phone call came in, it it looked like some kind of legitimate type of call. But I mean, two things that were really odd were, you know, number one, I don't have an account or a credit card at this bank, and why would this bank be associated with this uh, you know phone company? And it was just so those two things were just really odd. But they, they're very wily, right?
1: Right, yeah. and that's that's why it's important to make sure you're checking. Taking things like that and why it's imperative that your essentially your first line of defense against breaches are your are your employees. So you need to make mm-hmm. need to make sure they are aware of right. these attempts like you just like you just described and uh, make sure they're uh, extra diligent.
0: Right. Yeah. And that their ears are perked, that they they're trained and, and ready for these kinds of fishing type of things. I have a question here now, people being who they are and trying to avoid things, but do we really need to report all breaches, even if it's only one patient?
1: Our recommendation is yes. And the reason why is because the regulations require that anytime there is a breach, you need to, you obviously need to notify the patient that there was in fact a breach. So because you're going through the process of notifying the patient that their information was breached, even if it's one patient, you need to go ahead and take the next step of notifying the secretary as well. Because the worst thing that could happen is that the patient find out that their information was breached, and then the patient reports that their information has been breached and they want to do something about it to uh, the Office of Civil Rights and you have not reported. So that could lead to an investigation by OCR and once they start digging around, they may find more things and it could potentially end up a situation where they ultimately determine what you did was uh, willful on neglect. And you could end up with a large penalty. So you don't want to end up doing that. So my recommendation is to report everything. And I think that is what the rule of notification to the secretary is saying, because it's saying you shall report to the secretary. It isn't saying that you could. It isn't saying that if you want to. It isn't saying that it's if it's less than 10 patients, you don't have to. It's saying that if a breach occurs, you shall, which means must. I would recommend to all your listeners, if they don't have one, obviously make sure you have a compliance program in place because a good compliance program has prevented a lot of our clients from facing those penalties by the uh, Office of Civil Rights. So if you have a great program in place that you're actually using, because it's almost worse to have a compliance program in place and not use it than it is to just not even have one. So make sure you have a good compliance program in place and make sure you're actually following it and using it. And that, if you do have a breach, that will really limit the potential penalties that you're, you're going to be facing.
0: If we report a breach, are there any financial penalties we might face?
1: Yes. 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 Thank <laughs> you. There are tiers. Tier one, that's where it was a lack of knowledge. It was not really anything that was too egregious of, of a breach. You could face a fine of $100 to uh, $50,000 uh, per incident. If you had reasonable cause to know that the breach was possible to occur, then you can face a a fine of $1,000 to $50,000 per event. Then there is willful neglect. That's tier three. That is when you just straight up don't have any procedures in place. You have no compliance program. You have nothing in place. Then uh, that could be a fine of $10,000 to $50,000 per event. And then finally, the last category is neglect. And this is not having a compliance program in place. And then you end up get, having a breach and you still don't have a compliance program in place after the breach. Then that is just straight up neglect. That is not corrected. That's category four. And that is $50,000 uh, per violation. And these numbers are actually adjusted for inflation. I don't know what the current totals are, but they are adjusted for inflation.
0: Okay. How about this? In your opinion, what is the main cause of a data breach? Is it hackers, ransomware, something else? What's What's your opinion on that?
1: employees are the main cause of data breaches uh, whether it's loss of laptops whether it's loss of theft of laptops leaving leaving it in a car while you go uh, eat at a restaurant and someone breaks in steals the laptop lost cell phones use of email to send medical records that aren't encrypted for example not changing uh, access codes, having an easy password, clicking on links uh, in email that they shouldn't, which allows a hacker to get into your system, all of that, it's the main cause of breaches are employees. Uh, for example, going back to the improper disposal, the reason that breach occurred was because an employee, the office manager in charge of paying uh, for the storage uh, facility, forgot to pay for the storage facility for several months, and they ended up throwing away all the records. The number one cause of avoidable uh, HIPAA breaches are employees, and and why training is so important, and why you need a compliance program in place in your organization.
0: Trey, I wanted to thank you again so much for being here today. So thank you.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you to all the attendees out there. I definitely appreciate getting to speak with you about OCR reporting. Uh, Hopefully, this was beneficial. I know there were some areas we didn't necessarily cover, like notification to individuals and notification to media and just some other nuances about doing a risk assessment, things of that nature. But hopefully, if you do have a breach, this will allow you to report to OCR, and if you want to get an attorney involved to help you uh, report to OCR, feel free to give us a call.
0: Very good. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Trey, and for for helping out our listeners.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm glad I was able to talk about this, and hopefully it's uh, helpful to the uh, listeners out there. And obviously, if you have any more questions that I think of after listening to this, then I'm sure you can reach out to First Healthcare Compliance and they can get in touch with me. Or if you want to reach me directly, you can email me at trey at markkennedylaw.com. That's T-R-E-Y at M-A-R-K-K-E-N-N-E-D-Y-L-A-W.com. My direct line is 214-998-3825, 214-998-3825. So if you want to chat over the phone because you have a really lengthy question, uh, feel free to give me a call.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. It was a true pleasure. Definitely can say the same. And thanks to our audience for tuning in to First Talk Compliance. You can learn more about the show on the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com and lend your voice to the conversation on Twitter at firsthcc or hashtag firsttalkcompliance. You can also email me at Catherine Short at firsthcc.com. I'm Katherine Short of First Healthcare Compliance. Remember, compliance is the key to achieving peace of mind.